rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 21, The Rant, Cassiel Machado, navigating the basketball refing game in Australia and Brazil and how it stacks up to the United States. In Brazil, football is king. But somewhere along the way, Cassiel found the love of officiating in basketball. He went to Australia and back to Brazil only to live to tell the tale. This young man heard the podcast, The Rant, abroad and wanted to hop on. Ah, the beauty of technology. He discusses his love for balling, his new love of officiating, and his plot to bring his A-game to see what it's like blowing a whistle in the United States. All that and more, my conversation with Cassio, now. Welcome to a special edition of an international The Rant. We're with my man Cassio Machado. What's going on, man? Oh, very good, Ralph. It's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, man, same here. And so you're live from, let's see, it's 1016 in New York. And where are you right now? I'm in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So here it is 1.15 a.m. Wow. Sunday morning. Okay. I hope you have a lot of stamina to uh, complete this podcast. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> okay, so to my understanding, um, you found out from my website from uh, Crown Refs, right? Yes, correct. And uh, there should be a podcast coming pretty soon on Crown Refs and uh, with the ramp. But... Uh, first way I wanted to start was you do you do basketball and you do men and women over there. Um, how come you don't? How about football? You don't do you don't officiate football? I know that's a big sport in Brazil. Yes, yes, you're right. It is big, but you know I played soccer just for fun. Mm-hmm. I was never a great player, and it is pretty hard to officiate soccer in Brazil because it's too big and people take it far too seriously. So, you know, to my opinion, I would say it can be quite dangerous sometimes. And I, and I heard some stories. And, well, it takes lots of effort and networking and contacts for you to reach to the top. So imagine if you want to be a professional soccer referee in Brazil, you're just going to have far too many people. Uh, so that's probably similar to what it's like for basketball here, trying to get into yeah, the I'll NBA. So. Yes. Hmm, never thought of it that way. Um, were you ever interested in any other sports besides basketball? Yes, yes. Well, man, mainly I, I just like any kind of sports. You know, I played volleyball because my dad was a volleyball player. Uh, I did a little bit of handball, uh, tennis, any kind of sports I like. I like to watch them. I like to play. I would rather play than watch, but I like both. Um, but most of the time I played a little bit of soccer for fun. And basketball, I played a lot of basketball. Okay, so tell me about your basketball journey. How did you get into that sport? 
So, yeah, after trying out a few sports as volleyball and handball, uh, even judo I did for a while. Uh, I just had some a couple of friends, you know, when you're 10 years old, 11 years old, whatever your friends do, you might be doing. And I had a couple of friends, they were playing basketball in a club, and it was same club as my dad played volleyball. And I said, well, I'm going to try out basketball and see how it goes. And my parents said, well, that's good because... It was a way for me to get out of the couch. I was a little bit of a sedentary kid when I was very, very young. So they were relieved that I, I found the sport to play. So when I was 10 to 11, I started playing basketball. And, you know, it was love at first sight. I was like, oh, this sport's great. I just, I just feel good here. I would rather be in practice than at school. So, you know, it was just making me feel a little bit better. Um... And then, well, I played from 11 to I was 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And then I had to have a break because, you know, uh, when you're 16, you have all those things in your mind. Is school going on? What am I going to do for my future and whatever? And, well, for some reason, basketball was just not feeling that space anymore. So I, I took a break from basketball when I was 17 until until I joined university when I was 18. So it was was a little of a break, but wasn't too bad. And when I when I joined university, then I, I felt that urge to come, to come back and play again. And it was weird because all my skill set was there. All my fundamentals were there. My speed and strength was still there, even though I had a year break. So I believe my best season in basketball was when I was in university and I was 18, but nothing like, wasn't a big deal, you know, I was not a great player, I was just average, but uh, was good at uni, I was good at uni. Now, let's just set the scene of when you were playing basketball, do you, how popular was basketball at the time in Brazil? Basketball has always been quite popular. I don't know if you know a guy. His name is Oscar Schmidt. Of course. The, yeah. Larry, the Larry Bird of uh, Brazil. <laughs> Correct. And we have a lady. Her name is Hortensia. We call her the Brazilian queen of basketball. Okay? She's the best basketball player ever in Brazil. Better so, than Oscar Schmidt. Uh, they... They achieve most same things, but I would say that Oscar was a bit more famous because, well, unfortunately, he, he's a man and she was a girl. Mm. But I would say they, they're pretty much equal. They're legends of basketball in Brazil. Okay, both legends, big legends. So basketball has always been the second biggest sport in Brazil after soccer. And we have... I had to have volleyball. Okay, volleyball sometimes comes in second, basketball sometimes comes in second. I would say that when I start playing, basketball was the third sport. So it wasn't that popular. We had a national league, but wasn't big deal. The national league we have now is way better. I see. How did you even get into officiating basketball? Tell us the story of how you got started and uh, how it grew. So y- so, yeah, so everything started actually in 2009, even though I just became a referee in 2016, and I'll explain why. 
so as I said, I played for university. So this was 2007. And at that time, maybe because of my personality or growing up or whatever, I was having many fallouts with the referees during my games. Okay, so I would be mad. I would say, well, they're fixing the game. I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what they have in their heads. And this is me thinking when I was 18 years old, okay? And then I was thinking, okay, so I can't understand the referees. So maybe I have to become one and the answers are going to come because if I referee a game, I understand why why I'm so angry uh, with them. And in 2009, so I was not playing anymore and I was invited to be assistant coach with one of my former coaches. He just said, well, would like to be my assistant coach. I said, well, let's do it. And after a terrible season, we had the 14, just because, you know, we were younger and we were trying our best, but it was just a little bit of a hard season. I was having, again, falling out with the referees all the time, and the thought was in my head, okay, I, I, I better become an official and understand what's going on. So in 2009, I reached out to the, to the federation of my state, and I spoke to them and said, look, I would like to become an official. I want to referee basketball. And their response was devastating. They told me that they would only hold a course in 2011. Ooh. Okay, I spoke to them in 2009. And then I was, well, you know, I was, I was doing an internship in a fitness center at, the, at that time. And it was okay. 2010, I graduate from university. Uh, I was studying physical education. And said, so, well, if I graduate and I'm working in a fitness center, I would rather focus on that than wait for something that's going to take two years. And I don't even know if it's going to happen. And, you know, for me at the time, I thought that becoming an official was something very hard. You had to be something special, you know, maybe a special person or whatever. I mean, in intellect. And not that just regular people would pick up refereeing. So for me, it was not almost impossible to become a referee. So I would just do other things. I work with fitness because it was, was going all right. So then, you know, from 2010 to 2014, I didn't follow basketball much. I was playing just social. I was just, you know, having fun, but I was not following the games. I was not planning to become a referee. However, in 2015, I ended up moving to Australia. And when I got to Australia, on my second day, my very second day, I was renting a room in a, in a, in a family house. So I had this family, Catherine and Gordon, and they had a son. And their son, he, he used to play in one of the associations in Queensland. And he, he, he turned to me and said, look, you're pretty tall, mate. Would like to, would like to join us and play some basketball. That was my second day in Australia, okay? And I said, well, why not? I love basketball. Let's do it. I played all my life. So I started playing with these guys, and this was 2015. And again, guess what happened? I was fighting with the referees, of course, because I couldn't still understand them. So 2016, uh, when it started, I got this email from my association 
and they said, look, if anybody would like to become a referee, just send us an email with your details, how long have you played for, why do you want to become a ref, and all of that stuff. So I sent those guys an email, and I was thinking, well, I didn't manage to become a referee in Brazil. I'm not very sure if being a foreigner in Australia would make this, the job any easier, but let's try. It's worth a try. So I sent the association emails saying, okay, I want to become a referee. I like basketball, and I think I can help. And I want to understand. I want to understand what it is to be an official. And they called me. They said, no. Yes, you can come. The course is going to be four Saturdays, and then you'll be ready to have some on-court games with another referee, and you'll be fine. When I got to the course, I was shocked. Okay, I was 26 at the time. The instructor was 23, and he was almost an NBL referee. But that was not my shock. My shock was because everybody else in the classroom, and there was maybe 10 people, they were 12 to 14 years old. Wow. Okay. So imagine I was 26 sitting with 12 to 14 years old. And I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I didn't really understand that in Australia, people actually start refereeing very early. Uh, opposite from Brazil. In Brazil, you have to be 18. Otherwise, you can't start. So in Australia, you, you can be four years old and, and referee? 14, 14. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, sometimes you, you can be 12. You're going to referee the, the 10s and the 9s, but you can be 12. Mm -hmm. But let's say at the age of 14, 15, you start refereeing some big games. When I say big, you can be refereeing adults if you like, and if you're good to it. Um and so, yeah, this is when I started in 2016. I started refereeing the local leagues, the junior leagues uh, from my association. Uh, but soon enough, they invited me to do all the representative basketball, which are all the, all the best kids in the state. Uh, and, well, from that, I got into three state championships, which, uh, which are... The best teams in the state, they they go together to a city. They have a small competition. Out of that competi competition comes out the best team in the state. And I went to this under-14 state championship. It was my first. I didn't know anyone. Anybody knew me. It was very big learning experience for myself. We had uh, people sitting on the sidelines and they would be watching your game and afterwards they would give you some feedback, you know. They'll say, well, your mechanics are a bit bad, so let's let's make it right next time. You may have missed the call because you were in a bad angle, so let's fix this angle and mechanics and signals, everything, which helps you to improve your game. And, well, in that competition, I had the chance to referee the Division True gold medal game. That sounds so amazing. So yeah, well, when it, when it comes... To us, Go ahead. So, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you. Okay. For me, it was because I didn't know anyone. And I, I was never expecting to say, well, look, I have many Australians here, very well qualified, even though they were very young. They were like 15, 16 years old. They could take the pressure 
way better than I could. They could handle the game. It, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing, not just say shocking, to watch young referees when they're good. Mm. So, just hearing your basketball experience of how you were um, affected by the referees and always confused by them and argumentative, um, mm-hmm. how, did you, how did you end up, I guess, falling in love with it when you were so adversarial to referees? And then in turn, all of a sudden doing all the biggest games in Queensland and Australia. Yeah, you know, uh, I try to follow a few principles. And I mean, this this I do in life. And I just believe that if you think that someone is not doing their job properly and you have a chance to stand up and do the job yourself, I would rather go there and do it myself and see if I can do it better. You know, instead of just sitting down and saying, look, Referees, they all corrupt, they all fix games, they are worthless. And if I haven't ever refereed a game, how can I know that for sure? So I'd say I'd rather go there and referee and see how it feels like, how it is like to be there. Because I've been a player, I was assistant coach for a year, so I had those two perspectives. I haven't had the perspective of a referee yet. So maybe if I had that, it would help me understand why I had all those fights with referees. And he actually did. I haven't had a fight with a referee ever after I became one. Interesting. So would you, is it safe to say that you enjoy refereeing much more than uh, when you played? Or is it about the same? Uh, nowadays, I do enjoy refereeing much more. Okay, Since last year, I stopped playing any social games just because... You know, you have the risk of having an injury. And I used to play as a center. And I'm like, even though I'm not strong or stocky, I would like to be the power center. So I would be taking hits from everywhere. Mm. And, well, you know, it hurts. <laughs> so, yeah, I just felt from a few years, you know, as I said, after I was 18 in university, after that, my basketball was just going lower and lower. And I was becoming frustrated by that because I remember how I used to play. And I I remember things I could do on the court that today I just can't. But in my mind, I wanted to do that. The body just didn't want to. So I decided, look, I want to be involved, okay? So I think either if you play, if you coach, if you ref, you are involved in the sport. So if you love it, if you want to be involved, you have a few options and for me refereeing was the best option and I believe that nowadays still is the best option hmm. that's really cool so after Australia you moved back to Brazil yeah correct now so was, what happened go ahead uh, sorry no I was going to say was was that difficult just leaving Australia and having a, a certain stature in that country and then all of a sudden uh, getting uprooted back home and then kind of having no context when it comes to refereeing yeah I mean, it didn't take me too long to, to start refereeing in Brazil, but the hardest part for me was leaving Australia. Just because, you know, when you go somewhere and you just love the place, and I got to live there for three years, so it's a long time for you to establish yourself. And I was just so used to the routine. And, I mean, basketball, that is so big. For you to, for you to know, when I got fired from my job, which doesn't really matter why I got fired, but I had this clarity moment that I said, look, if I need a job 
and I'm doing something already, I'm refereeing basketball every now and then, I could just referee full time. And this was what I did after I, I left my job. I started refereeing full time and I could do like 10, uh, 20 to 30 games a week, which gave me enough income to, to just pay my bills and do whatever I wanted. And I was doing something that I loved. Mm. So ha have, having to leave that behind and returning to Brazil was a bit, a little bit hard for me. Okay, it was not the, the easiest thing. Now, do you think it was um, it was hard because of your your stature in Australia, or you you just enjoyed Australia a lot more than Brazil? Nah, I just enjoyed more Australia, mm. just because you know of the way it is. Back in Brazil now, I still have the chance to do what I used to do, but a few circumstances have changed. Okay, so I'm back living with my parents, which. Please, my parents are very easy going, but still, you know, when you go away from the parents and start living on your own, coming back to it is a little bit of a, mm, it's not what I, I wish I had. And also here in Brazil last year, let's say that in Australia in two years refereeing, I refereed 800 games, okay, 800. And last year in Brazil, I think I may have done 150 or 200 games, something like that. That's a big difference. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is because the way we do things in Brazil, most of the games are fully timed, which means they take one hour, one and a half hour to, to end. Uh, whereas in Australia, apart from the state champs and all the rep games, all the other local and social games, they were uh, running clock. So running clock will have full control of the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, well, there are a few structural differences between Brazil and Australia, uh, political stuff, and the way you can referee. Like in Australia, I could pick how many games do I want to referee? 10, 20, 30, 40. I could pick in Australia because we had demand for that. And here in Sao Paulo, I feel that either I haven't had enough time to build all the networking or we just have far too many referees, mm. which would be weird. That's so interesting. Um, so do you, I remember we were emailing back and forth. You had interest in moving to New York? Yeah, I, I actually had this conversation with uh, Coach D from the Crown Refs and I just asked him, look, How how big is basketball there? And oh, it's huge. Like, huge. Yeah. <laughs> He said, like, New York is the biggest basketball oh, community yeah. in the world. Yeah, and I'll just say that uh, Paul from Crown Refs, he's in Westchester County. So um, I guess New York is is it's kind of comprised of of different counties from at least where I'm from. I'm from Nassau County, and <laughs> he's from Westchester County, which is both the outskirts of the New York City. And then New York City okay. is comprised of – Five boroughs, the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. And I'm telling you, there's, I mean, you could, you could work every day if you wanted. Every day. Yeah. Every day. So, yeah, It's I, all over I have this plan, okay? And uh, I think that I'll check how my season goes this year. Okay. But because we always have a big break, when for you guys, you're very busy. For me, it's very slow, which is January, February, because it's school holidays here. Right. Because we have our our summer break is in January, February. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really planning in 2020 
maybe after Christmas 2019, I might go up to New York and just just check how how things are there. Okay. Well, and, well we if it works out. Yeah, we. I would love to show you uh, what it's like. There's uh, so many different types of games, and I'll tell you, there's some of the best basketball players in the world come from no, New York. I can't imagine. Yeah. And well, you you guys use a, a few different rules, right? I referee FIBA. You guys have like high school, uni, and few different rules, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's NBA, there's uh, college rules, and there's a difference between college men and women. And then in New York, um, it's one of the few states where there's uh, a governing body for boys, and there's a also uh, the women's side, which follows and corresponds with uh, the girls' college rules. So, yeah, the mechanics are different in comparison to boys and girls. Um, but a lot of people are dual certified, such as myself. So that way, you know, it just kind of maximizes my exposure. Um, and you know, I just love refing. I just love refing everything. So I don't care what yeah, it do, is. Do, do you referee more than basketball? You referee other things. Yeah, right? I referee baseball, lacrosse, uh, soccer, football, flag football. Yeah, that's that's why I started referee rent because um, I I do a lot of sports. So I figured yeah. that after a couple of years, and, and I've been in over almost ten years, uh, I've been able to acquire a lot of knowledge to speak on different sports. The only reason why the site has been more basketball centric is because we're in basketball season. Ah, okay. So, ah, yeah, because you play basketball in winter, right? Right, right. But that's not to say that um, there's no basketball being played in, you know, April, Summer. May, June. So some kids mm -hmm. they might gather off and go to play baseball in April and during the season. But um, for the kids that don't want to play baseball or lacrosse, and lacrosse is really big in New York, and and obviously so is baseball. Uh, but there's so many kids that don't want to play either of those sports, so they just continue yep. to play basketball because, you know, it's kind of like an avenue for them to go to college, a lot of them. So they just kind of play all year round because they want to maintain that competitive advantage for in comparison to the people that are doing that. So, Yeah, you know, something that amazes me is how universities in USA, how much they take sports as something that, you know, might drive you into the university and how you can play for uni and how you can, I mean, carry the name of university when you play, which something in Brazil is so far away. We have university sports here, but it's just so far away, so far away from, from, from what you have in your say. Um, was, was the pay uh, really good in Australia? And what about Brazil? Were you at least getting compensated correctly when it came to you officiating? You were yes, yes, it's fine, okay. I, I can't complain about payment, neither in Brazil or Australia. I would say that it's almost the same, okay, if I make all the conversions between the, the currencies. I would say Brazil and Australia play, uh, pays pretty much the same, but I just felt that Australia was a bit more organized, okay, the, the way that you get the payment and stuff. But in, in terms of amount of money, I would say Australia pays, uh, I think nowadays it would be 18 to 25 bucks per game, uh, whereas Brazil would be around that, around the level as well. And that's even for school games? Uh, school games are the ones that pay the more in Australia. Okay. In Brazil, pays a little bit less. And how much, how much would you get a game uh, in Australia if it was a school game? A uh, school game uh, it varies between twenty five to thirty bucks. Okay? Twenty five to thirty dollars. Okay, so yeah, Australian dollars. Okay. 
Okay, so how much would that be in the United States dollars? Do you do you think? <clears throat> you don't know offhand. Look, yeah, I don't know, but let's say something around eighteen twenty American dollars. Okay, eighteen I think would be the number. So eighteen dollars for one game. <laughs> yeah, correct. Okay, so school game, and if if it's rep game, would be maybe fifteen. $15. Okay, so just to give you an example of what it's like in New York, um, I ref the total of seven games today. It's a Saturday. Um, I got, um, I had two, you know, uh, not school games, but they're, it's called the AAU, which is the Amateur Athletic Union. And those games are 40 a game. So I did two of those. And then there, I had a school varsity game. Did you say 40? I said 40, yeah. Ah, very good. Yeah, and then uh, the school game I did, I got paid one forty, and then, mm-hmm. and then I had two. Uh, no, I had three, three games at a church, and they were thirty five dollars each game. So, okay. are those games fully timed or run clock? Or? Um, really depends, but the school game is definitely fully timed, um, ah, and, really, and really okay. depending on in the, the, the games I did in the morning, really depends on how competitive it is. Sometimes the the coaches relent and then it becomes running time, but it's, it's still very short. It, they're always only an hour. So that way you can kind of load up. And like I said, there's so many games. Um, it's one of those things in New York that it's very competitive, but at the same time, everyone can eat everyone. There's, you know, within, I guess, even from my house, there's probably 30 gyms that there was basketball today. So it's just all over the place here. It really is. So. Uh, okay. That, that's good. Yeah. I that makes you want to move to New York, right? Yeah? That makes you want to move to New York now, right? Ah, for sure, man. It's just, you know, after living overseas, I just feel that I belong overseas. Mm. And I, I kind of feel more natural referring in English than in Portuguese. I see. I just, I became so used to using the words in English. So when you say a block, a push, a charge, for me, it just comes out so more natural than when I have to say the Portuguese words for that. Gotcha. And, you know, there was there was a very interesting competition that I refereed in Australia. I don't know if you heard about, but Australia holds, and I mean, this is Queensland because it's a group from Queensland that promotes these games, okay. and it's called the Down Under Hoops. Down Under Hoops consists of the best kids from USA, from high school in USA. They travel to Queensland to play against some of the high schools from Queensland. And we do this over a weekend, and it's very funny because USA, they make a lot of selections from kids from each state. So USA would be wearing a white singlet or blue singlet. And instead of having the player's name, it has the state he came from. So you would have New York, maybe Illinois or Wisconsin, whatever. And... And so, yeah, we have those games between boys and girls, the best from USA against some of the schools from Australia. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah, right. It's awesome. It's good level basketball, very good entertainment, good uh, socializing for the kids because they make friends with people in USA. Many kids from Australia go to USA to join university and to play basketball there or any kind of sport. So I guess moving forward, aside from you possibly uh, moving to New York, and obviously, please stay in contact with me if you do decide to to come here. Um, yeah, no, of course I will. Uh, I'll need, you know, 
after living in Australia, I just learned that you need all the help you can get oh, yeah. when you go overseas. Yeah. Well, Any I mean, is always you're being connected with the right peoples with when it, when it comes to me and uh, Crown Reps. So that's that's yeah. Good well, it was just a coincidence, man, because I believe that Crown Ref. I was following many referee pages in Facebook, mm-hmm. and then the Crown Ref started following me on Instagram, and I was like, "Whoa, look, they have some referee content which I have never seen." You know what you guys do? I haven't ever seen. I don't know if there are many of you out there. But no, I, no. I just think it's awesome. That's uh, great. It's so helpful, and I think that hopefully one day this is going to help to close that gap. We have, and I feel we have between officials and spectators, players, and parents. Yeah, well, that's that. That was always my aim. It was it was an opportunity for somebody like yourself to be able to discuss your experiences, and I think it's beneficial for a lot of my listeners because um, I guess we never think of it as um, like a global situation. I know the NBA is a very global game, but. When it comes to referees, we only think about New York. We don't think about anything else. I mean, obviously, we want to elevate to college and possibly the professionals. But, you know, for the most part, uh, the the competition is stiff when it comes to high school alone. That's how crazy it is out here. So we never think of, uh, you know, as you said, Illinois or Wisconsin. We just think about New York. But it's really cool to see that, you know, there's still basketball officials in Brazil and Australia. I mean, that's not anything that... um, that I thought of personally. So when you reached out to me, it kind of warmed my heart that I was able to make um, a connection just based on the things that I was writing about and the things that I was uh, putting out. So, you know, I thank you, Cassio, uh, from the bottom of my heart. I thank you, Ruff. Um, so really quickly, let's just go over a couple of more questions. Um, what do you want to get out of this now, refing? So, yeah, first thing I wanted to, to get out of it was understanding understand what it is to be an official, which I have already achieved. I understand now how hard it is to be who we are and do what to do. But I think that the other thing, everybody says that, but for me it's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to be involved with the sport, okay? Anyway, and playing was not working. Coaching didn't really go the way I wanted it to go, so... I wanted to be involved. I want to be involved, and I mean, trying to to achieve a high level. As a player, forget about it. It's gone. But as a referee, if I improve every day, I can reach national. For example, this year, I'm planning to become a national referee in Brazil. Um, so that would mean uh, you, you'd be a, a FIBA-certified official? No, nah, not yet. FIBA is international. Okay. So national would mean I could just go national-wide. Instead of just doing state games, I would be doing some national games. Not television yet, not the NBL in, in Brazil, but would have some national games, which is pretty cool to, to do, and you have the opportunity to work with the best referees in, in the country. Um, another thing that I wanted also is to give it back to basketball, you know, so... I have I have had many benefits from basketball as a player, as a spectator, and I would like to give it back somehow. And, well, I think the officiating is some way we can give it back because no officials, no game, right? Right. Um, what did it take to get to where you are right now in terms of your officiating career, your basketball officiating career? 
Yeah, it, it, it took a little bit of patience, I'd say, because I, I used to bash heads a lot. So, you know, uh, when, we, when you have the authority, you need to know how to use it. You might use it with violence. When I say violence, it's not hitting anyone, but you might be very strict and very harsh. Or maybe you can try and develop other communication skills, which I had definitely to do because just bashing heads everywhere doesn't work when you're a referee. You know, if you're just shouting your head off, it's not going to help every time. Sometimes you have to, but sometimes you just need to be calm and need to change stance. And you have to use communication skills all the time because, you know, people are going to test you. They're going to try to push your buttons every single game. And sometimes over and over again, you know, you have those players or coaches that you referee them many, many times. And every day you see they're trying to push your buttons. Mm -hmm. And you have to find a way to communicate with them and say, look, if you press my buttons, I'm going to press yours in a way you're not going to like. Like you might be ejected, you might be punished, I don't know. So, yeah, I think for me, it always had to take a little bit of patience. Uh, I had to learn how to listen. As you can maybe observe, I like to talk, but sometimes I'm not a good listener. And I think we need to become better listeners sometimes when you're refereeing. And I had a referee educator in Australia on my first day champ that she wrote on my booklet something that I remember every day. And she said to me, and I'll quote her, she said, I like your confidence, but sometimes you better listen first before giving your opinion. And I was like, yeah, damn, she's right. <laughs> that probably stems from your argumentative days when you played. Um, what's it going to take to get to uh, where you want to go? Um... You're going to take a lot of fitness preparation because have you ever heard of the yo-yo intermittent resistance test? No. Uh, intermittent recovery test, sorry. No. So, yeah, this is the official FIBA uh, fitness test for referees. So if you want to be national, or mostly if you want to be international FIBA referee, you got to do this test which consists of 30 runs of... 20 meters in in like 14, 15 kilometers an hour, you have to run. It's a, it's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit crazy. But it's very effective and it is very, uh, is very precise on what we have to do on the court as referees. So you start on a steady state where you're observing and suddenly you just have to run as quick as you can to reach baseline before the players. Interesting. So, yeah, for me to become a national referee, I'll have to be fit and I'll have to be technical. So we do a written test and a fitness test. So okay. I think so is what it takes. Let's, let's say that there's a tangent, there's a detour, and you decide to move to New York. What do you think it's going to take for you to uh, get to where you want if you decide to move to the United States? Look... I think that if I decide to move to the United States, the biggest point is how can I, how can I get uh, into immigration and a proper visa to stay there for a long time? Because this was what I lacked in Australia. I couldn't get into a visa process just because I didn't meet the criteria. 
So I think that's going to be the hardest challenge if I am to move to New York. Because if I want to go to New York tomorrow just to see you and have a look, I can. It's pretty easy for me to get a tourist visa and go. But if I want to move to New York, then I'll have to have something more um, more precise into the laws of USA that I haven't yet studied. Uh, and also, well, it takes, you know, networking. I have to know people. People have to get to know me because every time you are a new face, people are going to challenge you or they're going to test you just mm -hmm. to see how far you can go or how good are you. Correct? Yeah. And I would probably imagine that um, you being from Brazil, um, it's going to take a little bit <laughs> to for, for some of the uh, local players to warm up to you. I mean... The officiating community will definitely embrace you with open arms. I, I ref with a guy from Lithuania. Um, I ref with a guy from Jamaica recently. So that's not a problem per se. But, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen music videos about New York and um, just rugged players from, from the city. It's, uh, it's a different animal. It's, it, might have been, it's, it might be something that you've never experienced before. So, uh, really? Yeah, yeah well... But it sounds just, like you're up for the challenge, so I wouldn't uh, be concerned. I'm always up for the challenge. Always up for the challenge. Okay. And you know, the more the more you say, the more you say, or people say, I challenge you, or I think you're not gonna do it. The more I wanna do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we go? Um, you know, I think what I would like to to say to all the referees around. And anyone who's gonna listen to this podcast is, if you if you wanna if you have a dream or if you wanna do something, you just you just you have to do it. You know you need to persevere. Uh, you see, I wanted to be an official. I couldn't do it in Brazil. I had to go to Australia to become, and now I'm back in Brazil refereeing. So you know sometimes if the answer is not where you are, you gotta move. Uh, it just takes a little bit of a leap of faith, but if you do it. And you find the answers you want if you look for them. If you sit down, they never come. You better look. Mm. Well, this was a great conversation, man. I hope we do this again. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear how your your journey goes. Um, and like I said, if you ever come to New York, please feel free to contact me. And I guess we'll stay in touch from now on. And obviously, you'll be following me with Referee Rent. I have so many big plans with the website. Um, I plan on this being kind of even bigger than me officiating itself. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop officiating, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I think, as I said, I love what you do. And I think the more you officiate, is going to help you to develop what you're doing. Right. I think if you stop officiating, you're just going to run out of ideas. No, I got, and... I'll never run out of ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a lot of ideas. But anyway, yeah, and definitely I'll keep in touch. I mean... It's hard for me to post anything on Instagram, but I'm always watching people on Instagram. I'm like the watcher. I'm not very good at posting, but I'm very good at watching. So. Well, I think you, I think you made a, a an ultra post by being on a podcast because everyone's going to listen to it, and uh, you know that might be an avenue. I know I know a couple of people from New York that moved to Brazil. Maybe you might have inspired them to officiate in basketball there. Who knows? Yeah, that would be good. You know, I, I think. If I can officiate in New York, you could come and officiate in Brazil. That would be nice. Oh, I have. We no... just have to learn Portuguese, yeah. you know. But still, well, you can. <laughs> That's another conversation in and of itself. Okay, Cassio, man, that was yeah. that was a great conversation. I thank you for your time. Um, yeah, my pleasure, Ralph. 
and we'll be speaking to him soon, okay? Yes, cool. Okay, for the rant, we're signing out. See you later.